right, welcome back to the Behind the Birds podcast. It has finally happened after weeks and weeks of searching, of interviews, of wondering who the next head coach of the new era of Philadelphia Eagles football will be. It has finally been answered, and it is no other than Nick Sirianni. It is no other than Sirianni. It is no other than Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was the Sopranos. It was it was bit of a it w- it was a late it was a late surgence for Sirianni in terms of where he was a, when he was a candidate for the job or any job and really. He wasn't really thought of when when Doug Peterson was first fired. So for him to get an interview very late and the Eagles, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie loved what they saw in the guy and maybe the staff that he put together. That's that's pretty interesting. So give me your guys thoughts. I'm actually a fan of the hire. I think it'll be good. I think he'll be good for Wentz. Apparently, Adam Kaplan said this morning that uh Sirianni will be very good for Carson Wentz to be able to reach out to him. He's a better communicator than Doug is. So I'm hoping I love Carson Wentz. Obviously, I know that's going to be a huge thing. His whole offseason, Wentz shirts, all that good stuff. I hope he fixes him because MVP Carson Wentz made my butterflies on my stomach. That man was built different. <laughs> my favorite quarterback of all time when he was MVP Wentz. It's just so I'm hoping Sirianni gets back to that. I'm excited to see who he puts on the staff. I know. We're definitely going to talk about it a little bit. This is going to be a quick emergency hiring pod, but we'll talk about a little bit of staff hirings. Keep an eye on Anthony Lynn as offensive coordinator. And Nader, or Nader, remind me of the name that the Colts defensive back coach is Gannon. What's his first name? Jonathan Gannon. John, Jonathan John, Gannon. Jonathan John Gannon. Gannon. Yeah. I also. Him on for defensive coordinator. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go deeper into the uh, into defensive coordinator names, but I think they're going to bring in an older, you know, veteran type DC in here. Um, but yeah, let's just take a step back. Uh, we were planning on doing, you know, we thought about doing a rapid reaction right after the hire was announced. You know, schedules didn't line up. We were going to wait until the press conference, but for some reason, it's taking them a while to get this thing signed, sealed. Yeah, signed, sealed, and ready to go. So we will be back again after Jeez. the initial press conference. And here's what I want to say: obvious. I mean, we've seen all sorts of these takes all over the place. Obviously, you have no idea how good a coach is going to be going in. You know, he could be great. He could look look like a great hire and it could fail tremendously, whatever. All these things are true. What you can critique is the process, which we will talk about. Yeah. And what you can critique and look at is the history of the person and what kind of track record they have that would indicate they'll be successful, which we'll also look at. Um, you know, we'll get into all this. I, I think... I don't know. It's sort of a, I've seen a lot of people just be sort of deflated by the hire. I think that's where I'm at too. It's kind of a just boring, not inspiring. It's not, you know, I think he can be as a person. I think he can be a really good coach. I think he could be a good leader. I don't have a ton of reservations about him, but I don't think he's a revolutionary offensive mind that is going to change dramatically change the, the direction. I think of the there franchise. was really any coach out there like that, except for like maybe yeah. Arthur Smith, but obviously so, they got right. to like jump on that. So let's get into the process because I think we can all agree it was it was pretty it was terrible awful, right it was, it was pretty awful and and they started it's, a week late obviously awful because they ended up with a guy that wasn't on their initial list and they didn't interview until six days after they started the search right especially after they had almost already hired somebody so just to give people uh, a reminder this started when they fired Peterson a week after the season which means they missed out on interviewing a lot of assistant coaches who were in the playoffs that they could have interviewed right after the, the season ended. And I'm talking about like the enemy 
is the best example of that. The Chiefs had a bye. The Eagles missed the week when the Chiefs had a bye. They couldn't speak to the enemy. They had interest in Kafka. They couldn't speak to Kafka. And and by the way, as an aside, you know, Birds with Friends did a nice uh, introduction, a little recap of, of you know, the, the way um, – minority coaches have trouble moving up in the league and, and how the league treat, treats minority coaches. And I think, I mean, look, I think I, there's nothing against Sirianni. He's a hard worker by all accounts. He looks like he's going to be a great oh, I've coach. Heard, we've heard a lot of players. Alex Singleton seemed pretty high. Yeah. Danny no. Woodhead used to play under him. Lane like, Johnson. Johnson. Lane Johnson. I, I, I think Sirianni, yeah, Sirianni is a hard worker, you know, certainly no knocks against him, but it's, it's tough to see somebody with his resume and his it's background. Also, Sirianni was on a list of 40 under 40, if you're under 40 years yep. old for head coaching. So yeah, he was going to be a head coach eventually. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, then yeah. that brings us he back. Was... Me and Nader have talked about it. This brings us back to the whole Joe Brady thing. Like, right. what's the difference hiring Sirianni a year too early instead of hiring Brady a year too early? Right. I get Sirianni's got a little more experience in the league because Joe right. Brady, obviously, this is one of his first years. I think it's his second year technically in the NFL. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Joe Brady's Brady was a, Brady's a good counterexample of that. Like, he's a better offensive mind than Sirianni. Sirianni Joe, Brady was, Joe Brady was probably turned down by the job. Like, he, he probably just didn't. No, they, they not not many candidates were really like re- that interested. In, I don't think uh, he was. I don't think he was ready. And I think the the. I, I don't think. I don't think the Eagles ready. wanted him. I think he would have taken the job. Yeah, I the 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 there was a McLean report that he and Kellen Moore were the main competitors to McDaniel's and, um, and Sirianni. And that gets us back to the other point. First of all, that the enemy wasn't really considered based on that report, which is you know a trend that I'm we've been seeing around that. the league. I, I, don't, I don't think they and wanted to back into the. Kafka, that's fine. Kafka, I mean, I'm not, wasn't like, even Kafka, Kafka wasn't even offered an interview. He wasn't he even offered. He, he took Good. his name out of consideration, um, per McLean. And I, I think like the Eagles specifically is not the problem here because the job is not desirable. And and so, but like generally speaking, the fact that the enemy doesn't get a job this cycle, the Eagles don't really value do Staley seriously. I, I don't know. I, I can see. I can see, yeah, I can see the frustration from a lot of minority coaches seeing guys like Dan Campbell is a great example. Who's he looks know, like a psychopath? That guy's, that guy's a lunatic. Like, didn't, I don't he didn't work out, he didn't work out in awful, Miami, and... like an awful high. I, I dude, the if, press if conference, the he looked like run, a psychopath. If the Eagles were run like the Lions, like, I don't understand how I would still, uh, it's, I mean, I would be a lot more miserable. What a, in this what podcast a horrifically horrible hire, it's whatever. Yeah. But like, guys like Campbell, Sirianni with not a lot of background, I can see why a lot of people are frustrated by the lack of. Uh, movement for minority coaches. But I, I think if you want a larger discussion on that, Birds with Friends did a good job of talking about it. But going back to Sirianni, I think, look, ultimately, everything that we've heard is the guy's a hard worker. He connects with his players, you know. And his mic'd up was fun to watch. He's a good leader. Yeah. He's got a good offensive mind. Frank Reich spoke very highly of him. I'm sure that factored in heavily well, into their decision. Sirianni, um, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network put out a potential head coachings, future head coaches list. Yeah, he was on that list. Certainly. Yeah. He was on the list. Yeah. So look, before. he he this is a guy that was eventually going to get a shot in the league. Definitely. I think I think what's frustrating here is that A, to me, just talking about him as a candidate, there was nothing to for me that suggests he is a a, a brilliant and revolutionary offensive mind. I, I think he is a good coordinator and a smart offensive mind, and he will certainly put a lot of concepts that the Eagles have had success with over the last five years with Peterson and with Reich in the early stages into play. And the offense will probably look a lot uh, pretty rejuvenated just by getting a new face in there and somebody to, you know, Doug's concepts, you know, his concepts were good. It was just the execution and the scheming and how to beat defenses, and they weren't getting guys open. That kind of didn't adjust. Yeah, Sirianni's not bringing in. You know, we're not going. We're not going from. We're not going 
going from Andy Reid to Chip Kelly here. Like no. this is a very, it's going to be very similar. It's to going to be saw. super similar to Doug. And it, yeah. even, even, even they said, even the terminology is probably going to stay consistent, which is probably good for the players. But ultimately, look, it's not going to be a revolutionary hire. Sirianni's offenses in Indianapolis have never been top 10 in DVOA. They've never been top half I mean, of the league. They have, DVOA. they have, I mean, they They've have had success. They They've had a ton of success. Yeah. Year. And look, they, Andrew Luck had a great year, his first year in 2018. You know, you can scratch the Brissett year because they were sort of unprepared for that and it didn't go great. Brissett's not a good quarterback. And the Rivers year, I mean, it went okay, right? Ultimately, this is still a guy that has had mixed results. You know, he hasn't been like at the forefront of offensive innovation in the league. He's been good. And you know what he's been really good with Nader? Wide receivers. Max. I think that's yeah, so, okay. really so big. I think that's a great part, great point for Max. He, uh, we've heard a lot of people talking about that. Like, he's a quarterback whisperer and he's going to be great for Wentz. And like, he probably I think he's better will. for the wide receivers than the quarterback. That's absolutely right. He, this guy is a wide receivers coach that people are not realizing. He started as a wide receivers coach in San Diego. With they Keenan moved Allen. him to quarterbacks coach. And then he they started moved with Keenan Allen. back to wide receivers coach after a year as the QB coach, which indicates to you that maybe something was not right with his fit as a quarterback's coach. He certainly has a ton of more experience as a wide receivers coach. That's why they should probably bring in a good offense coordinator with quarterbacks. It is good. It is good that he has a blend of wide receiver, you know, quarterback coaching quality control for a couple of different teams and now a coordinator he's got a good offensive background i think he'll be good for the offense but this guy is not a quarterback whisperer like no. you know mm-hmm. you would suggest that somebody he's, I, I, he's not he's not know. opposed to the quarterback and everything but he's no, not no the guy yeah you bring but in he's not i don't think wentz has to fix himself to an extent he has to first buy he's, into sirianni's good, coaching yeah, he needs to get an offensive and then, staff that right. will help. and this goes back to sort of the frustration that i had with staley and the reports we were seeing with deuce People were like, oh, you know, what's Deuce going to do for Wentz? And that we saw a lot of that from McLean. What's he going to do for the offensive scheming? I don't think that's the job of the head coach. And we've talked no. about this on the podcast. I don't it's want Sirianni. Right. I don't want Sirianni hanging out in the quarterback's room every day trying no, to fix Carson Wentz. Jobs. He shouldn't have I, to, no. I want Pep Hamilton in here hanging out with Carson Wentz every day, right? Somebody who has history. Getting, I know Pep Hamilton right now is going to consider for the Steelers. The Steelers offense. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he would be, him, he would be, he would be a, a great offensive coordinator hire. So would Anthony Lynn. So would, I think uh, we had a, a James longer Irvin. list. Yeah, we had James a longer Irvin. list that Max was going to put out. Greg, Greg, Greg Roman. I did put that Greg out. Greg Roman is the coordinator in Baltimore, so he's not going anywhere. But yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of good minds out there that would be really good for Wentz that would mean Sirianni doesn't have to just hyper-focus on Carson, which I think probably going to backfire too, because first of all, Carson needs to buy in. And that's the that's sort of, if we're taking yes, another step back, the, my biggest big problem with this is is how much it indicates that they're just tripling, quadrupling down on Wentz, and they're doing things to appease him when the guy might not even buy in himself. The locker room might be sort of pissy that he's just getting handed opportunities. I'm really excited to see what Sirianni says about Wentz in the opening press conference, whether they just appoint him the starter, whether they say it's going to be a competition. I don't think he's going to appoint him the starter, but I definitely I think he's going to dodge the question, but I think ultimately Carson Wentz will probably be starting week one, and that's not something I I would be saying two or three weeks ago. And honestly, something I'm not happy with. Right. This is a guy. If you keep him on the roster, you're going to lock in for another two years at a very high price tag. You're not getting any cap relief after this year from the Wentz contract unless you restructure it and he's good. So you're banking a lot that this guy is going to come back in the offseason, buy into the new coach, buy into whatever coaching staff was around him. And we're still yet to see. So, you know, part of this is you have to hold off judgment until you see the staff, until you see the opening press conference. But you need a lot of things to go right to fix Carson Wentz. And it goes a lot further than Sirianni, which is why I'm sort of concerned that that may have been a driving factor in this decision and 
you know, I don't want to just keep ranting, but I, I assume you guys will have a lot to say about the process too. But this was just a horrifically, <clears throat> stupendously terrible process. Yeah. They started this coaching search a week late. The guys that they wanted initially, Robert Sala and Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith. were already going to get hired other Lincoln places. Lincoln Riley Sala, said no. Lincoln Riley said no. They did not have a plan when they fired Doug Peterson, contrary to what Joe Banner would have you yeah, believe see, and a lot of other yep. guys would have you believe. They didn't have a plan. They didn't know what they were going to do. Maybe they thought Mike Kafka they was going to be had a, to do they it. They thought they had a plan. It's, they so they, they've, they've interviewed a bunch of guys. They were not happy with any of them. Josh McDaniels had too much baggage. They weren't willing to give it to him. So they bring in the next group of people. Sirianni comes in. He interviews really well. And they think, okay, we're going to trust our interviewing skills. And look, to be fair, they have done an excellent job identifying good head coaches in the National Football League, even when other teams are not looking at them. Peterson won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid was plucked out of nowhere by Jeffrey Lurie in the 1999. You know, they have a good, they've done a good job interviewing guys, seeing who's impressed them and going with that. The this, problem is, this is you're just bringing in another guy that's essentially Doug Peterson with some things better and some things worse, including that he's never played quarterback in the NFL, which was a big deal then when they hired Peterson. And ultimately, right. I think my biggest complaint here is not Sirianni, but the fact that you're probably maxing out at the same ceiling as Peterson with lower odds to win a Super Bowl. Because when the I Eagles won a Super that. Bowl, it was sort of like you had caught fire for a year and Wentz was ridiculous and they won it. And after that, they didn't have any sustained success. But what happened was two, three years down the road, the, co the, the front office with Lurie and Roseman didn't trust Peterson because they didn't want him to be the coach in the first place. And they sort of plucked this guy out of nowhere that they weren't 100% confident in. And he comes in, they clash after a couple of years because while Peterson is okay with it at the beginning and so is Sirianni, they're not going to have any complaints for the first couple of years. But after three years, especially if they have success, they're going to start saying, why is Howie Roseman deciding who's inactive on game day? Why don't I have that power? Why are you making me fire coaches I don't want to fire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And some point there will be a clash again if he has any success. And that's why it's so frustrating to me because you had Doug Peterson, who was a good coach, who won you a Super Bowl. And guess what? You sort of ruined the relationship by not treating him well, not giving him any confidence. And eventually he and, and I know people will say, oh, he got fired because he wanted to promote Press Taylor. He wanted to hire Corey Unlin. That's not why he got fired. He, he basically resigned by doing that. He wasn't an idiot. He knew if he put Press Taylor forward, Lurie was going to be frustrated. At some point, the relationship went sour between him and the front office. And I don't I, I don't know how you have any confidence that this Sirianni area is going to go any better, especially if he has success somewhere down the road, unless Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie change. It, it feels like we're just going to have deja vu. And best case scenario, we have to catch fire and get really lucky and really good quarterback play on what used to be a rookie contract that's no longer in order to, to have you know any real success in the league, which is really what it is. To me. Yeah, and this and this hire just screams like trying to fix the relationship with Carson Wentz. Yep. I mean, there's no other really way to look at it. And just to get to um another candidate, Deuce Staley, real quick. I don't think Deuce was ever really considered for the no. job in and, hindsight, and that's, and that's really frustrating. Yeah. And it is, it is, it it is because looking back in hindsight, you know, we we thought that he was a he was a big he was a major candidate, and we thought he was right there up with Sirianni and Dan McDaniel's and and those guys that they they were really interested in. But in hindsight, looking at it, it didn't seem like Deuce Staley was ever going to get the job. <laughs> Because I think second Jay, cycle in a row, they didn't really consider. Yeah, him. Jay, I think Jay brought up a good point in the uh, in the group chat that Deuce's inability uh, to understand the quarterback position probably was a big factor in that from the start. Because at the opening at the opening presser when they fired Doug, Lurie kind of made it obvious that 
the next head coach was going to decide the next quarterback and they wanted the next coach, next head coach to understand and know about the quarterback position a little bit more. And unfortunately Deuce probably just didn't understand that. And that's why he was probably never a candidate. I don't think Deuce is going to be on the staff next year either. No, I don't think so either. And when it comes down to like Sirianni and McDaniels, I think, I don't know what the determining factor was between those two, but my guess is that one, it was the staff that, both guys pitched to Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Roseman. And two, it was the willing to, for McDaniels not to give up the power to Harry Roseman because Harry Roseman probably wants to do all the stuff that he used to do to, to Doug well, Peterson. Sounds like and, McDaniels would have taken the job. It sounds like Howie wanted McDaniels and Lurie wanted And Lurie wanted Sirianni. Sirianni. Yeah. So who knows with that, you know. But I'm looking forward to seeing the offensive coaching staff and I guess defensive too. As I mentioned to you guys, Anthony Lynn, offensive coordinator, John Gannon, defensive coordinator. Keep an eye on that one. Yeah, I think I think the offensive I think the offensive side is more like it's more important. Yeah, it's it's more yeah. Points. Well, no, no, but it's more like a guessing game because I feel like John Gannon's like the the lead front runner right now, but we don't really know who. John, yeah, for I think you're gonna look at Anthony Lynn for offensive coordinator. Just I would because, yeah, Anthony Lynn's a good yeah. Because Anthony, Anthony Lynn, Anthony Jim Lynn Caldwell, Jim Cal- Jim Caldwell is a good because hire. Anthony too. Lynn and Sirianni used to work together. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. And then I also think if Anthony Lynn comes here as the offensive coordinator, keep an eye on if Pep Hamilton doesn't get an offensive coordinator job, keep an eye on Pep Hamilton coming with Anthony Lynn as the QB coach. Yep. Pep Hamilton would be an amazing hire. Oh, phenomenal. He would be QB coach here for a year, then he'd leave for an offensive coordinator job. So for anybody who doesn't know, he is the quarterback's coach in Los Angeles. The big reason Justin Herbert has been really good. He has one of the most extensive and impressive resumes of an offensive mind I've seen. In fact, I think he probably has more experience uh, than Nick Sirianni. Probably a little less success as a coordinator, but just as as a background. Last year, he was the head coach. He's bounced in and out of college. Yeah, last year yeah. he was the head coach in the XFL. You know, that's yeah. whatever, but he has some experience as a leader. He was at on Michigan's coaching staff as the assistant head coach and passing game coordinator for two years. Prior he, to that, he was a QB coach in Cleveland. He was the he, offensive coordinator yeah, in Indianapolis. He, he, he coached the Jets for a while, like years he was ago. The, yeah, wide receiver coach and, and quarterback coach, co- quarterbacks coach in, in New York at the beginning of the 2000s. Quality control with the Jets, quarterbacks coach with the Niners, with the Bears. You know, he was at Stanford as wide receivers coach, quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator. I mean, he's been all over the place, worked at a t- ton of different places had a ton of success especially recently with herbert offensive um, coordinator I, think, I think that's a big reason the eagles should definitely look into him because yeah, of his and, success and with herbert and obviously anthony want to fix ones anthony lynn is a, is another is, is a tr- another great name um i think he and he and sirianni overlapped did they overlap in, in yeah they did overlap they did i don't I think they overlapped where, a year in 2017 um with the chargers and lynn lynn there was a lot of complaints about lynn's ability to basically be the head coach you know time with, management, with time management and and as a leader whatever it is some, um yeah some, they overlapped a year but he was a really are, good yeah. offensive mind yeah, and, there it is. and from and from monday to saturday was one of the better coaches in the league and i mean the chargers were a good team they just fell apart late in games yeah, so i mean no. that's been a trend for a long time so some coaches lynn would be a tremendous hire yeah, some coaches aren't meant to be head coaches and should just stay coordinators lynn is one of those guys his time management skills jim schwartz is up there there's definitely a few other guys we can think of i just can't think of them off the top of my head but todd bowles maybe todd bowles, bowles. yeah bowles maybe too bowles was considered for the job too but uh 
Yeah, so I think Lynn at offensive coordinator would be a terrific hire for the offense. I think he would help Wentz, and I'm hoping if Lynn came, he would maybe bring Pep Hamilton with him, and that would be that would be great. That would be be huge for just Wentz because if Wentz doesn't work out, it'd be huge for Jalen Hurts too. Right, and I think by the way, you know, this is uh, maybe this is a cynical way of looking at it, but the fact that minority minority assistants don't get as many shots in the league should it indicate to you that if you do hire minority candidates. They will probably be of high quality, right? Because the ones that do get a shot in the league are sort of top of the top of the cre- cream of the crop, um, as opposed to some of the, the the other coaches in the league. Like I'm, I'm thinking Dan Campbell's getting a shot as a head coach before Eric Bieniemy. If you're yeah. hiring some of these guys like Pep Hamilton, right? Guys who probably might be passed up for various reasons. Maybe he doesn't have the connections. Maybe whatever it is, right? Various reasons that he's being passed up. Those guys might have more extensive resumes than some of the other coaches in the league that you're maybe traditionally looking at. So I, I definitely like the idea of looking outside the box of just like the traditional pipeline of guys that they they would usually be looking at. Um, and I think on the defensive side, they're probably looking to bring in an uh, an older guy who can be Jim Schwartz to Doug Peterson. Um, if they can get Romeo Cornell not to retire, that would be a pretty good hire. I don't really have a lot of ideas on the defensive did side. Cornell, I really did wanted- Cornell say he's retiring? I don't know, but he's super old, and I think a lot I know, of people I know speculate really that he is. I, hey, I, Wade I, Phillips Logano. is coming out of retirement. Yeah, Wade Phillips would be good. The guy that I liked a lot was Raheem Morris. He's no longer there. I like no, John. Mag- I like uh, I like John. And Dan uh, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, who's the char- uh, Cowboys defense coordinator, would have also been a good one. So I mean, sort of frustrating, but yeah, I mean, Cornell has been a coach for literally forty years, fifty years almost. He's seventy-three years old. I he'd be he'd be a great hire. I think he's going to call it. A career uh he that's um, very possible i know the houston players loved cornell so that would be a good hire the broncos yeah. linebackers so, coach john pagano is a good good hire too there's yeah, definitely so, a few guys i think i think they're gonna look if john gain doesn't get the job i think john gain is the front runner yeah right i now. think yeah yeah if i would think that they said reports have come out saying that they want to give him a veteran staff i think they're going to take a good look at wade phillips i do they, yeah they could so we'll see what happens. Or they could there. just, or they could just roll with Matt Burke. <laughs> no, 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 in, no in-house promotion. That just, that just might be the, the uh, end result. But, but no, in terms of like going back to the minority coach thing that that Nader was talking about, it's um, you know, a guy like Dan Campbell. This isn't like his first stint, uh, stunt as a as a head coach. Like he's gotten an opportunity retire. before. Yeah. Like I mean, he went to Miami, went five and nine, like. He's just he's not he's not a very good coach and for, no, not at all for Eric yeah. the enemy to just not get a head coaching job or you know do Staley to not even really interviews get... like, like yeah, they're not yeah, even yeah. Get, that's the thing they're not even getting so like that's my that's my point here is like Dan Campbell does not have a very extensive resume and yeah. he's getting a shot so some of these black candidates that are being passed up are actually better on paper than than the than the counterparts that are getting shots right now so if you're giving oh, yeah. a job to somebody like Hamilton you're actually really confident that that guy has a really extensive track record in the league just by virtue that he's still in the league and he's still getting jobs so i mean i think that'd be really really great hire i, I don't know so i don't want me to want to drag jim this caldwell, on too long. i mean a guy like jim caldwell hasn't yeah been caldwell in would be great too i hasn't he hasn't even been in the league just just broad yeah broad strokes by the way for what we're looking for i think both all three of us are looking for and we can include jay he's not here but we can include him are looking for coordinators on both sides of the football with some sort of head coaching slash leadership experience and before anybody gets on my case Deuce staley does check that box he's a good leader in the locker room so 
if they give him the job, which I really highly doubt they will, he will probably leave as he should. The thing about the thing about a uh, combination of Deuce and Sirianni is that now you have two guys that haven't really called plays that much. And right. I think and I think they want to go towards a, a way of an offensive coordinator who's called plays, who's who's knowledgeable in that aspect. And I will I, look, I, and I, I creative. know and creative. I think all of us are with Deuce and Sirianni is neither one's really a quarterback whisperer. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's but, also yeah, that's true. true well. I, I don't think they're going to hire. I, here's the thing. Ultimately, I think all of us are around like B, B minus on this hire. We'll yeah. see. The staff can improve it quite a bit. The press right conference now. can make us more confident. If they hire somebody like Lynn or Hamilton, I will feel much, much, I think, much I think better. right now I'm at a B minus. If they hire a guy yeah. like Pep Hamilton or Anthony Lynn, I might even go up to a B plus. Yeah, and that would be really, it would be like, we can't understate how great of a hire that would be. And people like Doug Peterson, the reason the Eagles won a Super Bowl, a big reason is because of the staff. Yeah, I mean, look, that staff was really, really strong. And John DiFilippo, more than Frank Reich, was a huge key to Carson Wentz's success. That guy really knew how to connect with Wentz and and was a good force in the in the lot in the quarterbacks room. So uh, I don't want to take this too long. Uh, if you guys have final thoughts, I think my final thought is just like it's just sort of feels deflating to be going after like Doug Peterson's right hand man, right hand man, his right hand man is the guy we hire to bring in the same sort of scheme as Doug Peterson, to be the same sort of guy as Doug Peterson, to not shake up the status quo all that much. And just sort of hoping that what we did over the last five years can continue with a different guy and that it won't go sour the same exact way it did. What happens, yeah. you know, two year, three year down the road, if Nick Sirianni doesn't want to fire Anthony Lynn, right? Like, like what happens then is Jeffrey Lurie. Like I, I've always, I don't think, I don't beginning. think, I don't think I don't think Howie Roseman lasts another power struggle. I, I mean, who I mean, knows at this point? This he guy's can't. gonna be here forever. My, my last thing, I don't want to always look in the past. My last thing is that if the Eagles literally had just told Doug Peterson, okay, you can have Mike Grow and Carson Walsh for another year. You won us a Super Bowl two years ago. We'll let you have them for another year. But if this doesn't go well, you got to understand that we need to make massive changes to the staff. And that might be firing everybody on the offensive side. That might be firing Press Taylor as well, right? You can have these guys for another year, but just know that we, you know th- they're on the hot seat. This is getting serious, right? As instead, they were like, you're an idiot. We're going to fire them. You have to fire them. And he threatened to quit, was so fed up with the power structure that happened, and then it, it continued to devolve over the next year that when they came back to him and said, okay, what names do you have for us? He's like, screw you guys. I want to bring in Press Taylor. And Jeffrey said, no, come back to me in a week with a better list. And he said, no, I'm not going to. And so like, that's what happens if you don't intentionally foster a relationship with your head coach. And we saw reports that the Eagles were considering firing Peterson after the 2016 season. We're considering firing Frank Reich after the 2016 season. It just, it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence that this guy just like, I don't know. It feels like they're sort of settling for somebody. Like I'm, I'm, I want to see the press conference. I do want to see the press conference. The one thing definitely that gives me optimism is that it's clear this guy knocked it out of the park in the interview because he was not on the list coming forward. And the fact that they were willing to deviate from their initial, you know, see, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by comparing like him and, and McDaniels. Like when they, when they pitch their staff, I'm guessing that Sirianni had a staff that they really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, and a plan because, for once. Because, and because, a plan for because, yeah, a plan for Wentz too, but Lurie and Lurie and and Howie had to had to have been aware that Sirianni's you know not the greatest with quarterbacks, but maybe he had a he had an offensive coordinator in mind that is good with 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 a quarterback and can develop a relationship with a quarterback and can bring the most out of Wentz. 
And that's that's what I'm thinking is is the bright side in all of this because Lurie and Howie had had to have been aware of what Sirianni is planning to do with his staff, and they probably want an older guy on the defensive the defensive side and who's going to call the plays and be the head coach of the defense like like Schwartz was. Yeah. So, any other final thoughts from you guys before we wrap up this? We want to no. make a short one so that we can come back after the press conference talk a little yes. bit more in depth with Jay. I just want to see the staff final. Let's uh, let's let's just give a quick thing right here. Final final predictions for the offensive and defense coordinator. Quick thought. Anthony Lynn and John Gannon. Yeah, Anthony Lynn on one side. On the other side, I don't know. You got a name, Donovan? I'll say I'll say I'll go. I'll Pep Hamilton on the offensive side. Actually, no, I'll go Anthony Lynn on the offensive side because I think Pep Hamilton might take this Pittsburgh job. But I'll go. Pittsburgh hired offense coordinator. No, the quarterback's job. Oh, wait, no, he is a quarterback's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then, yeah, you know what? I'll go Pep Hamilton on the offensive side, and I'll just go John Gannon defensive side because I think he's literally the, the, okay, the yeah, only he, name that – Here's a name that just popped up on my on my timeline. Um, Chris Richard I would on really defense. Like... Marvin Lewis potentially on offense. Jim Caldwell maybe. I don't know. I There's a lot of good options out there. I, I, yeah, Jim Cald- I, yeah, Jim Caldwell is a good name, but I, I would really like Greg Roman. I've been saying Greg Roman for for weeks now. Yeah, he's not. I think, he's not going anywhere. But I mean, uh, it's whatever. I mean, James Urban. I'm sorry because he's the quarterback coach. Yeah, James. Yeah, Urban, yeah, yeah, James Urban. I mean, yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up like that. Uh, thank you for watching Behind the Birds podcast. Make sure to leave five stars. Follow us all on Instagram, Nader Eagles dot World, uh, Max Eagles Intel, and me Philly Eagles updates. Get me to the K. And just before we go, Nader, do you want to give a quick apology to Nathaniel Hackett? Oh, Nathaniel Hackett, sure. I will certainly <laughs> – I I clown Nathaniel Hackett on one of our last podcasts. I'd like to extend a formal apology to Nathaniel. <laughs> yeah, Nathaniel, if you're listening, please come on the pod. We can discuss. Yeah, Nathaniel – yeah, I mean, <laughs> I stand by the initial reaction, but to be fair, I also didn't know. First of all, nobody knew who Nick Sirianni was a week ago. So yeah, that's true. Did Jay say he mentioned him on the initial podcast? Was that Jay's name? Yes, I don't think it, it was. was. Jay. It was on Jay. the initial podcast, was it? I, I don't know. know. I, I don't know. know. I have to go back. Ah, we're gonna have to re-listen somebody, to that one. Somebody go back and watch it. It, it might have been behind ah, the scenes. Ah, he may have mentioned yeah. it somewhere, but nah, we're not gonna give him credit for that. I will. Yeah, screw another Jay. round of applause for me, Kellen Moore. I would have. First of all, Kellen Moore would have been great hire, but we're not gonna get into that right now. Anyway. No. That's this has been behind the birds. Uh, on the next episode, we will tack on Ben Simmons's regression. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll <laughs> recap. We'll recap the press conference, um, and maybe hopefully have a staff to talk about. We'll probably wait until there's a staff announced. Right? Yeah, we most likely. Do both yeah, 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 yeah. Be able to All evaluate right. those. So thank you guys. Leave five stars and uh, peace. Daniel Hackett.